racking up strikeouts. He's got 15 strikeouts for Flackney in this game. He's got down. That's strikeout number 16 for Tyler Flackney. This ball game is over. And we're the best goddamn football league in the country. We're the best football, the best football league in the goddamn country. Period. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of the HRL Touch Em All podcast. I'm Stash, joined by Web Gem this week. Web Gem, how's it going? Doing good, Stash. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, Sanchez might be joining on later on if he can. Um, this is just something that timing didn't quite work out, but um, hopefully he joins up with us a little later on. Um, as you can tell, I'm a little sick, so bear with my voice. Um, I'm going to do the best I can to get the content out for everybody. That's that's a true podcast champion, man. You're you're fighting through the vid, and and you're gonna you're gonna make it. <laughs> I really hope I can make it. <laughs> but uh, let, let's hit on some notes that uh, happened throughout the HRL here. Some uh, historic notes. Uh, smallpox hit his eighth on 800th hit. Uh, Nightmare had RBI 750 and career hit 800. Hater had wow. career hit 1,000. Dobbs had career home run 300. Truck hit his 600th home run. And then a couple Rumble Ponies getting their 100th career hits with Sticks, Benny, wow. and B-Squared. So, a lot what of did, milestones. What, 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 uh, was, his, what was that? His 600th hit? Oh, hit. I thought you said home run. That one threw me. I was like, I thought Sanchez <laughs> was only going on 600 home runs. I, I might have misspoke, but yeah, it is 600th hit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, a lot of milestones these past two weeks. So, crazy. Yeah, I completely glossed over the uh, the hater one because we were playing them that night, and then somebody else tweeted it out, and I had to look back at it and see did he hit hit against us? And no, it was against Grizz, so that was good. <laughs> uh, and then I saw Dobbs. Yeah, Dobbs, welcome to the three hundred home run club. Well deserved. Took um, him a while but, to get there, but those guys, those numbers, yeah, great. Right. But get to me, small talks when you hit a thousand, get a thousand. <laughs> I mean, he'll get he'll get there. Oh yeah, no problem. All right, and then what about a home run check for you for the past two weeks? How many did you have? Oh boy, uh, I did hit a couple the the night that we traveled to Egan, um, Marlins and Rough Riders. Um, did I have two each game? I don't know. I I hadn't had a lot honestly throughout the season, um, but I, I hit pretty well that night. Um, everybody on our team did actually. I think I got one this last week against the Millers. It's been slow going, but eh, we can't, you know, can't they, complain they, when you're 23 and 0. Oh, well, 25 and 0. Uh, sorry. But um, I mean, starting off the season, like batting 05 for like the first two weeks, I can't complain now, actually. Getting rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I myself had five, so I'm oh, slowly ass. creeping up there. <laughs> the the numbers, it's funny, because there are a lot of guys 
jam together this year. Like, yes, it has been going. I, I was down at Shakopee Bowl uh, the other night and watched the Tiny Dog um, playing the Millers and and uh, Airbud had I think two that night, one or two. Um, so okay. he maintains lead, but and I'm I'm looking at it right now. You know, a couple guys in the low twenties, but then just a ton from the high teens, the mid teens. Right. It's, it's kind of unusual, actually, that we don't have anybody. Go ahead. We don't have anybody breaking away with this, you know, gigantic stretch. I mean, even Airbud right now, he's on pace for you know maybe forty, but the guys up at the tops might might get to forty, but. A ton of guys are going to be probably sniffing high 20s, 30s. Right. And like it's the unusual people that are doing the home run that are leading the pack right now, too. It's not yet. It's not smallpox. It's not Evan. It's not those guys. So it's just awesome to see that we got different people leading the pack for home runs this year. Yeah. Heck, I mean, even the, you just mentioned it for the grasshoppers, Grizz and smallpox have 14 apiece. Two guys on their team have more than them. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. All right. And then let's go to the, the question of the week. Um, what is the most underrated candy bar in your opinion? I'm glad I looked at the list of questions that you gave me because I would have <laughs> just, I would have said something like Reese's or Kit Kat, which is things I like. But when you go underrated, I'm going to go with an arrow bar. Have you ever had one of those? I don't think I have. The, it's, it's, kind of a basic chocolate bar but it's it's got air bubbles in it um i had it as a kid and then i didn't see it for the longest time but i've seen it at high v grocery stores lately uh really good uh was it kind of like a crunch bar a little bit oh no it's just like a kind of like a hershey's type bar but a little thicker because it's got these kind of air bubbles in it but it kind of crumbles a little bit when you bite into it it's a it's a really good regular chocolate bar okay yeah Yeah, give it a try I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Uh, for me, I would have to go with the salted nut roll. Oh, I don't okay. know what it is. It's that that middle, and then I love peanuts. So um, that's always my go-to whenever I'm golfing. Whenever I make the turn, I'm always grabbing one of those things. That's That sounds like something that you, you would be, uh, if you were on the Food Network and breaking down a candy bar, you want something that's sweet and salty. Yeah, You need a mix of all the different flavors. Yeah, but let's get into the talk that why we have you on this podcast, and that is because yeah, why am I here? Yeah, 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 I here? yeah it's because this is your first year being on the national tournament committee for the NWLA, and I just kind of want to talk through how you got on there. Uh, how's that been for um, you so far? So, kind of talk us into how you became part of the committee. Well. Be honest with you. A couple of years ago, there was there was something that went out for interest on on getting on the committee, and I think this is going back even hell. This might have been back when it was still in Ohio, um, and then they were they were changing location. I was like, I, I want to be involved. Like, I want to have a voice for the league. Um, we'd we'd been at the tournament so many years, um, prominent league. Given the size, I felt like. We had a lot of good ideas and, and thoughts and we wanted to just be involved. And we had guys, that, other guys that wanted to be involved. But I said, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but I never heard anything back then. But it, it came back around this year and some other guys in the league kind of asked me, like, are you going to apply? I go, okay, I'll do it. Um, certainly it's been, you know, 
on on Twitter or like our interest in hosting the tournament. And that wasn't my exclusive reasoning for for trying to join the committee. It was to understand a little bit more about you know the discussions that are happening, um, logistics and nuances there. So I applied. I think it was late January, early February. Um, I didn't think I I was getting it. Um, I don't think I heard until hell. It was late March or April when they had decided. Myself, um, Jimmy, and I only why don't I only know his name by like Doctor Winkley or um. And I know exactly who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 but, um, Tom Gannon, so they, there we go. Yeah. Tom Gannon. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Um, but yeah, that, you know, I got invited and we started a group chat and bouncing around a couple different things and, um, just very basic conversation. And, uh, it took a while to get really into the depths of the conversation about what was happening. Um, and, and I think what really spurred that on was when we found out WSEM was not making it and then started talking logistics a little bit more about like who's actually registered, try, trying to throw out dates on kind of making sure teams are registered by then when a roster is going to be set by like, let's get the ball rolling on this stuff. And I know a lot of people were busy with spring activities and stuff like that. And we were trying to get calls together, but I honestly never even sat on a call Unfortunately, um, it was all just between group chat because we couldn't get anybody um, together at the same time. So that was a little bit disappointing for me because I, I was hoping that, that we'd crank out a lot of logistics that way. But that was going hand in hand with our team starting practices and trying to get those things going. Got together a number of times and, you know, we're tracking uh, a number of different things and, um, Unfortunately, then we had to make the decision to to not send a team, and then I knew I wasn't going. Um, flight travel, you know, flight costs and everything else, and just those logistics weren't going to work out. So I, I haven't been as plugged in with um, all of the ins and outs about what's been happening, um, largely because I'm not going to be there now. Right. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious that with the tournament moving back to its original date in the middle of july if maybe the committee wasn't quite ready to get everything set up and get everything rolling because in my opinion i felt like this year the committee wasn't really on top of things wasn't really pushing the tournament wasn't really wanting to start anything especially with talking to you throughout the season you kept on saying that nothing's been going on at all so uh, i'm wondering if because they pushed it back to its original date if that could have caused the issue with everything that happened already yeah and and you know again me being the first year on the committee not knowing when those conversations normally start or take place like i'm i'm the type that's full bore in the off season like winter months downtime let's talk about a, a bunch of different things um but obviously once you start hitting the spring and it was warming up and um just life gets busier. I think our league and as well, you know, trying to decide on, you know, who is going to make it and everything. Um, we had that luxury of it going out into the fall and playing out the vast majority of our season and being able to schedule practices with guys and get out on the field with them and start those conversations. Um, it definitely crept up on us too. 
I know right. Huck, and I were, Huck and I were talking, you know, league logistics, our league logistics, and at the same time going, okay, we got to talk national stuff, uh, figure out trying to get, you know, a first practice out there and, you know, who's interested. And, and it just, May 1st just came up on us so fast. So um, I know that there were other parts that were working into the move into July, um, tr- trying to get the tournament broadcast nationally or at least championship broadcast nationally was was the goal of the committee i found that out as i got involved and things fell through there and i think for a very slight moment in time there was the consideration of should we move it back out of july um but i think most of the people on the committee were kind of like well i don't know what that's going to do for the masses as well the ones that had already Known that it was going to be July, even if that wasn't their preference, um, yeah. they had already tried to you know make commitments for that. So the, it was determined just keep it as is. Um, and truth be told, from my perspective, if it went down to twelve teams, like it's currently set at, so be it. Uh, it uh, you know, there's you're going to have new teams, and there are some new teams and new leagues that are making their way in. You kind of have just turnover that happens occasionally. Um, I think the most important thing to do after this tournament is really get solid assessments from leagues on what are the things that were the drivers this year that were different than years past. What were different than previous July tournaments that we had? Um, right. And the, the committee's got to really you know, take that into consideration to figure out how to continue to bolster the tournament and make sure we get 16-plus teams each year. Right, and I'm curious at how how much the logistics this year and the travel cost was the reason behind so many teams backing out. I know for us, because plane tickets were $1,000 round trip, otherwise we got to drive. I don't think anybody was too willing to do that. So um, I I don't know the other reasons behind everybody else, but for us it was a big thing with um, the travel costs. Um, The other thing is... The flight cost was really tough. It was really Right. And I mean, yeah, throw Flackney and Grizz out of the picture because they said they weren't coming. I mean, we still were planning on going, but then once everything started unraveling, we started realizing that our pitcher's arms, everybody said, oh, I have an innings limit. And we're just like, well, what's the point of going out there if you only got one game in you? And we only have seven pitchers on on the roster, so... I think we were pretty well, I mean, we knew there was a really good chance that Flack and and Danny weren't going to make it. I think when we started, Huck and I even conversing about that when we first started kicking off practices, we were like, okay, that's not 100%, but we knew we had commitments from other guys that played last year's squad, certainly, and we had shown interest from a few other guys, um, like Huck's brother, for instance, Matt, you know, another good arm could throw, but as we kind of got into practice, he even said to me, he goes, I don't know if Matt can make it because he might have another commitment that weekend. I go, Oh crap. Well, there's another, you know, potential that was going to have to fill the, the roster, fill a, a spot. Right. I really do think, you know, it was the thirds. It was a combo of people's availability. It was like you said, innings limit or how people's bodies were actually feeling. Right. And, and that travel, like travel cost. I don't know how many other leagues, you know, it factors in certainly gas prices if they're driving should. Um, but it's not to the extent of what 
flight prices have bumped up to. Right. Um, I remember checking originally in April um, before we had our first practice and we were like, it was about $480, which was well over $100 more than last year. Yeah. And I thought, well, we'll just wait a little bit or, you know, we're not quite two months out yet. Let's just see. And then it, I started getting price alerts and then it was like 530, 580. 620 i'm like you've got to be kidding me like this is going in such the wrong direction right now right it's going to be getting tough for guys to commit to this at this point exactly especially since we didn't have a team already set we didn't know what was going on so having somebody buy a last minute flight just isn't fair oh no not at all so let's focus back onto the committee um what is kind of your end goal with being part of this committee? Like what, what do you want to try to implement or what are you trying to change for being part of this? You know, from gameplay perspective, I've never had any real issues with how it's done. It's certainly the game has played a little differently than our league. Um, but I like the, you know, still yellow bats that that's an appeal of, of this tournament. Um, so gameplay other than, you know, maybe a, a little rules tweak here and there that people might come up with. Um, I never really had a push for that. I think I have always had an interest in adding to the atmosphere and the environment of the tournament. Um, you know, in the league that we've got here that I like to do a lot of graphic stuff. I like to do a lot of promoting um, type work, uh, but I also like to get fans out there too. Um, so that was one thing that I had hoped, you know, whether it was going to be a TV broadcast type setup or just promoting that the national tournament is happening somewhere and legitimately get people out fans that we've seen when we've been at say like Shakopee bowl and people have trickled in or when we're playing at our parks and people are walking by and they show interest and we start chatting them up. Um, I like to tell people about it. I like to have that added environment there. I don't want Sunday games to include just the two teams that are in the championship and the two teams that just lost that haven't gone home yet. I hate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also really, I'm a big part of my travel to these tournaments is hanging out with my boys, but also just hanging out with other teams that are good guys. And I like to, try to promote that as well um i think that's one thing that has been a challenge obviously when you're you're traveling to different locations um to try to figure out logistics you know where are other teams staying and, and kind of getting together with them but that was something that i had tried to i had hoped to advance a little bit more within the committee and it okay. was it was a very short time frame. I realized that that was going to be a challenge but um i don't know given my perspective of running other tournaments too and trying to set up you know, how pool play configurations would be in a tournament. I, I, I was intrigued to be involved in those conversations as well. Okay. Would maybe moving Championship Sunday to Saturday be beneficial with having that atmosphere, but with people sticking around that way? Are you... People are leaving Sunday, can stick around Saturday night, and then just leave Sunday like they normally do. Have I talked to you about that before? Uh, no, but I okay. know that other people have mentioned that. Yeah, at that, oh, this goes back years. Um, that was one that I had proposed to people a while ago, even before I was, had any connection to anybody on the committee. Um, 
it was it was really a Q&A with other teams to understand what would work for them, not just to assume that it would work. We traveled out Friday morning, traveled back Monday sometime, flew everywhere we went pretty much. Um, and and when, when I know that even back in Columbus and, and other years past, and I know it was, hap- it was happening this year to have, you know, dinner on Friday night and everything, that we had the all-star game, we had a home run derby. There was a lot more activities that kind of stretched it out. But um, I had always hoped that people could travel in Thursday. Maybe right. you don't have as much going on Thursday night. Um, you you could always do home run derby or something at a, at a different time if you really wanted to, but we make it where people could still get in late Thursday if they, you know, from a working perspective or anything else. Um, but then you hit the ground running Friday and right. you get, you get your pool play stuff completely cranked out Friday. And, you know, I, I'd say almost shifted exactly how we've got Saturday, Sunday now to Friday, Saturday, but you wouldn't be worried if you went later on a Saturday night. Um, and, and I don't know, I, from my perspective, it seems to be almost the same. Maybe flight prices, if people are flying, would be a little bit different there, but a Thursday to Sunday travel as opposed to a Friday to Monday. And I know some teams left on Sunday afterwards, um, but if you're going to put in the time to make this trip and you care about it that much, then take another half day off of work or take an extra right. day off of work and enjoy yourself. That was one thing that I was, was really hoping to promote was that Saturday night, win or lose, that teams were there and we were all together and it was a big show. I mean, even if you didn't have any other fans, but you had, you know, 80% of the team still around at that time, you would have a pretty damn good audience for that evening. Right. And, and, and we just haven't had that. I think every year, going back to my Columbus years, um, when we were in Pittsburgh and, and the day stretched out really long last year in Indy, there were people around, but not a lot. Like, it, it's just tough to keep them there that long on a Sunday evening. Right. I, I was going to say, I think last year there was a lot more people that stuck around compared to two years ago when it was in Pittsburgh. And that could have been to the fact that it was at the dirt yard. So uh, the, the style of the tournament played into it too a little bit, Casey. I think that I think that single limb uh, final four thing, de- you know, definitely had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you move, everybody moved to the dirt yard. You had four teams as opposed to a, kind of how it played out on um, in in pit where it was like, oh, you're you play you're, whether or not you had double limb to get there, and then you were done, and like we were waiting for a game to get completed and stuff like that. I think just drug it out a lot more um it was a little bit easier to keep everybody there when you at least brought four teams all to the dirt yard at the same time right right uh so how's it been working with the other leagues has it been a little more complicated are you the newbie that just kind of is learning everything or are they really kind of like trying to listen to what you're saying no i think anytime that you know suggestions uh they were coming back and forth through the text string i mean everybody is open to that um um, I think they all have the perspective that the intent is not to blow the entire thing up. And, and none of us new guys that came in um, were trying to do that. I think we were definitely um, giving the perspective of, 
you know, leagues that had said, you know, this could be a challenge in terms of moving it back to July and the logistics of that. Um, but there was, there was open ears and, and I, I appreciate that. I think that that's, that's a good thing. I think, um, just going back to my comments before, I wish that all those conversations and what I would have had a chance to be involved in would have started much sooner. Um, I, I felt rushed. Um, I personally, like I had just taken a new job too. Um, so just the logistics of having that and extra free time to, to really dedicate to trying to help out with this, this organization for midsummer was going to be a challenge. Right. Um, and then I don't know if you can explain anything on this, but, um, there are only 12 teams, like you mentioned before attending this year. Um, do you know the reasons why people were backing out at all, or is that more kept to a team by team basis? And I, I think it's kept by team by team. I think we were pretty open and honest. Uh, you know, some people were kind of asking, and I, I laid that out. And I think even hell, I think Huck might have even kind of tweeted it out. I know we sent an email to people within our league, um, but I I never heard right away after why WSCM wasn't making up, and okay. I I never heard. Um, OCWAA, AWAA, like what the logistics were there. Um, I, I, no clue. No clue as to really ultimately what fizzled out there for, for those leagues. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering if the committee get or gets reasons why and if you guys can discuss why or whatnot. But Either way, yeah, I, I mean, seems... after it's done, I want to find that out. Right. It just seems really weird that all of a sudden this year a lot of teams are backing out and uh, just want to know if that's more like we were talking about before, if that was the logistics, the timing or what the case was. So, but I think that's going to wrap up our national committee talk or national tournament. Do you have anything else to add with that at all? No, I, I I talked to you about this before, but I I think, um, you know, one of the things that even just you brought up in terms of switching, the gameplay and switching championship night to Saturday or whatnot. I, I just like to find out from other guys, not just our league, because a lot of us have talked about this before, but other leagues, um, what else it is that you like about the tournament? What keeps you coming back year after year? And like some of the guys I know were always on the precipice of winning. Um, and they, they just couldn't get over that hump. And that's the challenge that they want to achieve is just a title. Um, me personally, I, I think everybody that knows me, I like to just get away and have a trip with a bunch of guys and play wiffle or just hang out, uh, see a new city. Those are the types of things that you know drive me, my interest level in, in going there. But I'm kind of curious to know that from from other teams and other leagues. Like we've hung out with some others, you know, post tournament games and whatnot, and you can have a little few more conversations but then some of the other guys you just you really don't hear from because they play and then you see them at the fields and then they're gone um yeah that helps me in terms of you know future planning for tournaments um trying to make it as interesting or keep it lively um and fresh so that those teams don't fall off that they they do want to keep coming back right um you did mention going and meeting or visiting new cities i guess we can continue this talk because um, the Dirt Yard Indy is a great place. I, I think it's a great venue. I think the only issue with the Dirt Yard is because you have to use clean balls within this tournament. How do you deal with that 
being at the dirt yard just because if you're supposed to be having clean balls, now you're having scuff balls for the championship game, and that throws everything off. So that's my only gripe with Indy about it hosting. Um, but how difficult is it to move to a different city and have them host? Um, is it too much to ask one city host for two straight years and then it moves to another city that's open to hosting? Um, do you know any of that logistics at all? No, I think part of the the story going back a ways is in terms of just the the, the staffing of it, um, the supplies, and just getting commitment from locations. It was just easier to kind of lock into a place for a period of time instead of bouncing it around. Um, I definitely have made the argument that I think um, bouncing it around would help in terms of the interest level, but you could always return back to a venue. Like if, if Indy um, was hosting these two years, maybe they take a year off, you know, just refresh, just the amount of time go, no, I just want to play in this thing like CCW. And if the, the, uh, the other team from, is it the dirt balls or, Dirt Yard. I don't even know yep. what the other yep. squad was. Um, they both travel to a different location and say, you know, I'm still part of the committee, but I'm not having to run this show here. I don't have to try to get, you know, volunteers and all these other things going on because I just want to partake. Um, I'm certainly that way. Like, if I ever hosted this thing, I don't, I wouldn't want to do it two years in a row. Like, I would want to have a shot at it, see how it went, and say, somebody else take it. Uh, maybe come back again at some point lessons learned and other stuff. Um, but I know it's a lot to take on. I, I, I know that it's, it's, uh, can be super stressful for that weekend. Um, right. And, and I think that, uh, the opportunity to play now, I, I never made it to Morency, but the opportunity to play in Columbus and Indy and Pitt, that's been cool to be able to go different places um setup wise i mean the fields we still set up the same they're roughly the same size you brought up the dirt yard there's a little bit different nuance there that's cool um but in general it's still playing the same teams but checking out a different locale you know different nightlife everything else like that that goes into it i think that's right that's a big selling factor to be able to do it in different locations as well as travel distance for different people that could change over time yeah yeah obviously if Minneapolis were to ever host it, that would be the furthest that probably every team would have to travel. And so yeah. I think that's one reason why Minneapolis has never gotten it. But I can tell yeah, you I that the leagues would... around us, I mean, what are the other leagues around us that, you know, we would hop in a car as opposed to fly? Um, I mean, Milwaukee, Chicago, I think those ones would probably be on the cusp of, eh, maybe we'll just, get in the car even though flights can generally be pretty quick and cheap or right. maybe maybe down to st louis um but you know flying to me flying to indy or flying to columbus and flying to pittsburgh they're all the same like you're still to me you're still getting on a plane um, right so whether i traveled to the east coast one year or i was in the midwest another year um it doesn't really matter yeah yeah all right, I think that's going to wrap it up for the National Committee Talks. So uh, thanks for giving us your input on that. And we're going to transition over into the HRL stuff now. So um, these past two weeks have been inner city games as well. Um, basically, inner city games are over with. 
Uh, I think there's just one more week left. Um, Hopkins already won the border battle. Um, is there anything interesting that you've seen over the past two weeks that's happened, or maybe anything within the inner city league play that you've seen? Uh, it's not surprising. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a couple surprises here, and actually, I guess I was I was slightly surprised. We were over there last week, and we played the Marlins and the Rough Riders. At Sky Hill, um, the Vibes were playing the, the new guys. Um, Blue Wahoos. Blue Wahoos, and they played them an extra game, and they lost both of them. And, and yeah. whoever else they were playing that night. Like, that was the one surprise to me in terms of any of the sets of games for Inner City, which was... Yep, so the- I was actually at that one because I travel with the Blue Wahoos. So, uh, oh, game yeah. one... Uh, vibes were up three to one, I want to believe, or three nothing actually. And it was face and paperboy going back to back in the fourth and sixth, I want to say, to give us the lead for three. So, um, I did a little digging on this with the vibes, and they think of their eight losses, seven of them are to Hopkins, and of those seven, I want to say five or six are by one run or walk-offs. Oh, I'm going to look is... it up. I, think I was not there when we played them, and they got walked off by us, I know. Yeah, and they got walked off by the Twins. I know that. Um, they lost to the Mets and the Twins 2-5 um, to five and 2-4, to four, so those were their worst losses. All the rest of them were one-run games. Yeah, the Mets actually walked them off. I believe they had three walk-off games in a row. Right, I think that. Right, I think that was uh, JC's son that walked them off. Yeah, it was. Yep, correct. Yeah, they lost four in a row, so they lost a walk-off to us. I wasn't there, but the Grasshoppers walked them off too. I I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, So the the Grasshoppers, I believe, walked them off. I thought it was I thought it was something crazy where I heard there was three walk offs in a row when I was talking to him. Yeah, so the grasshoppers scored three in the bottom of the six to yep. win it nine to eight. Yep. Just crazy how I the vibes are good. I it, for some reason they just couldn't close it out, which is just yeah. seems weird. Well, yeah, like you said, they're all close games. I mean, we've we've had a a couple of them that we've just managed to pull out. You know, ones against the Mets, Americans, just this last week against the Millers that went to extra innings. Um, we were just fortunate to be on the right side of those ones, but right. I don't know. Record wise, that I certainly that surprised me a little bit to see them drop like three in one night, um, especially to new teams with when they had. You know, pretty much full slate of their roster. Right. So Sanchez, welcome to the call. Yeah, um, yeah how are you guys doing? Well, we're, we're doing pretty good. over yourself. Good, good. Having a good day. We'll uh, hit time. you with some uh, quick hitters here. Home run check for you. Uh, none. I'm very bad at wiffle ball these days. <laughs> uh, to the point where I think at after, after hours or afterwards uh, post games, I was stating that if this continues, I'm just going to retire because I'm old enough to retire. Uh, don't tell Al or Palpatine that, but I, uh, I've, I've done my due diligence here. I've, I've, I put in my, my sweat and tears here. Uh, if I can't hit home runs anymore, I'm just going to quit. So 
I guess that, that might be more incentive for pitchers to try to drive me out of the league. <laughs> uh, I highly doubt anyone's going to be throwing me any lollipop pitches trying to get me a home run or two to keep me around. Yeah. No, you're done with that. I'm not giving you those anymore. Oh, is that how I ever got home runs off of you? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's fair. All right. And then uh, what's your most underrated candy bar? The, okay. My most underrated candy bar is the Heath bar. It's toffee and chocolate, and it is delicious. But uh, you don't see them around too often, and I don't see them in, like, Halloween grab packs very much. So Okay. I think my favorite candy bar is a Twix, but my most underrated one would be Heath. What were your guys' answers? It's quick. Mine was a salted nut roll. Well, solid. My, my underrated one was an arrow bar. Have you ever had one of those? I've never even heard of that. No, because yeah. they weren't that around for a while. And I saw it back again at Hy-Vee. It's kind of like a standard chocolate bar, but it's got like air bubbles built into it. So it makes it a little bit lighter. Hmm. It's uh, it's pretty good. All right. I'll check it out when I'm in Hy-Vee. Yeah. And then we were just uh, talking about inner city games. Um, and then basically, do you have any insight on any of the inner city games that happened or anything that happened these past two weeks that you want to touch on? Uh, inner city. I'm glad it's over. Not quite. <laughs> you got one more week. <laughs> oh, it's not Actually, over. I think we, we have our last one against the Mets and the twins next week when I'm going to be gone, but, uh, that's a home series anyway, but I don't have to travel anymore. So that's good. Um, the last couple of weeks, I just had a few things here that I had I'd put together. That Chihuahua sweep over the, the Millers seems to uh, put their hold firmly on that division at a seven and a half game lead now. Yeah, uh, prediction's not looking good. Not great right now, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's still time. There's still some time. Uh, we saw Professor, so with my own two eyes, I saw him for the second time in three years get uh, frustrated enough where he kicked the ball bucket and made a mess of the field. It looks like uh, they maybe made up and had a good time afterwards. I think that was against the, though that was the Bears lug nuts and all that. No, that was actually the baby cakes and the and the Bears. Uh, the Rumble Ponies have continued their surge. They now have five wins in a row as they're trying to make some noise late in Hopkins. Uh, and then the uh, the ever popular walk uh, check that people have been tweeting about lately. Merce is holding off TC whatever that is, uh, for the walks lead, while the Chihuahuas have taken the team lead um, as the Chihuahuas and Yankees have pushed past the Braves uh, for the toilet seat trophy, as we have started to call it. So look for us to buy a new toilet seat. And I was going to say, whoever, are you going to be buying that? Yeah, I think so. I think I have a extra. I think I happen to have a um, Home Depot gift card here that's just got its name on it, a new toilet seat. So... Chihuahuas, you are in the toilet seat. And that's and about think, it. Yeah, and I think they uh, they would really like it too, honestly. I yeah, think I they think they're a team that would they jump all over that and really yeah. really own it. Yeah. I was I, down I, at I was telling Stash that uh, I was down at Shockabee Bowl while they were playing the Millers this last week. And Merce did walk once and it, it started to bring up the debate. We started looking at career walks and everything. Merce I think has slightly more walks than career games played. So he's got that going for him. I, I do remember when we played oh, him. That's awful. Yeah. I, I do remember when we were playing him, we were lobbing it in and he would not swing the ball or the bat. Yep. 
93 right. career walks and 60 or 90 career games and 93 career walks. Jeez. But hey, that gets you a career 404 OBP. Yep. And I, I guess that's what you go for. Well, when you can't hit the ball, you might as well walk. Oh, right? geez. He's got a Whoa. Two, shot two fired. 289 average, 289 average, and over a 500 OBP. That is crazy. But only five home runs. I mean, that's the kicker there. You can't hit a home run if you if you're looking for walks. Exactly. And not may really. we remind our listeners that this is the home run league, not the <laughs> walking league. It's turning into the walking league, which I Baby Cakes set a precedence a couple of years ago, and uh, it's taking off some for some reason. Baby cakes. Uh, we got to check the stats here real quick. I think the baby cakes aren't in the top three for walks right now. As a no, team. they're nine. They are nine. nine. Yeah. This is the hard hitting stats info that our listeners. Holy crap. My team is fourth. That's sad. We're, we've got over a hundred walks. You're only say, three behind mine. I will say nobody ever pitches the mic, so I'm, I don't blame him for having a walk when he's seen pitches the way he is but yeah i've only walked uh let me see how many times have i walked this year 14 that's pretty good i'm proud of that shoot if we're gonna be doing that uh where are you at i have 18 i have 18 i have 13 i have 13 okay you got us by one, I, I got the <laughs> toilet. I got the toilet seat, uh, the podcast toilet seat trophy there. Yeah, but you know what? Those eighteen walks, four thirty-seven OBP. So take that first. <laughs> he has a higher OBP than me, and I have. I think he does me too. Three times as many hits as him. He has a higher OBP than me. Yeah. So. This is going to come off really snide and snotty, but I keep seeing on Twitter people posting, apparently this is the year of 600 hits. I feel like in the last couple of weeks, four or five guys have gotten their 600 career hit, and it makes me do a double check because I'm like, I in my mind, I'm thinking they're posting like a home run total, not like a hit total. And I'm like, no one's got 600 home runs. That's just me. And then I'm like, oh, no, they do mean hits. So the snide part is that I have as many home runs as they have hits in their career. Nope. That's good because we brought that up earlier because Stash had said Truck had his 600th home run. I felt like he said home run and I had to ask him back again. He said hit. I'm like, oh, Sanchez is the only one that has 600 home runs as far as I'm concerned. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I said get back to me when he hit 1,000, but that's me being snide. How many are you at for a career? 1,000 hits. Yeah, I'm 1088. One, yep, one, there you go. I'm one five that have a thousand hits, so I can at least you know get on my high horse for that. Well, you like to change teams every year. Maybe that's your new team next year, the Thousand Hit Club. Josh is Web Gem Two Bat yeah. Hater. We're going to be a little light on pitching, but uh, we might get some hits. Well, yeah, but good on old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> two Bats, our youngest guy. <laughs> He was young once, so was I. We all were. So, oh, we had some national tournament talk to hit this week, right? Because that's coming yep. up on Friday. Yep, we already hit on that. Oh, so, uh, if you want to give any input on what you have about the national committee, you're more than welcome to. 
No, no, I was, I'll have to listen back to that part of the, the cast because uh, I'm interested to see what the future for it is um, with Wade being in on it now. And if that means that there's going to be some more voices uh, about maybe getting it to a new spot or maybe doing a rotation of the locations, I thought that might be a nice way to uh, kind of bridge the gap between what some of the online personas keep saying about it. I mean, I heard yep. someone would rather play in Arkansas than Minnesota, but <laughs> I doubt that person's ever been to Arkansas then. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, there are some nice parts, but there's nice yeah. parts everywhere except for Nebraska and Kansas, in my opinion. Yeah, Nebraska's not fun. Well, At I, least I, it wouldn't be hard would, to find a flat spot to play ball. Play ball. I, I will say I, I do like Omaha as a city, though. I will say that. I do like that. And if you've ever been to the, uh, I hear the uh, college baseball hall, of Fa- oh, college baseball World Series is great. From what I hear, yeah, yeah. But the other thing that I wanted to touch on is the 20th anniversary is next year. Um, I know a whole bunch of people have certain ideas that what they want to do with this year, do something a little special or whatnot. And I've kind of tried to put together a destination game. Um, there's a couple locations that I have in mind. Um, I know that I reached out to you, Sanchez, about um, your team coming out. You said that your team is more than likely on board. I know my team is on board. Um, so some locations that we're looking at is like Little Wrigley, uh, just on the border of Iowa, not Iowa, Wisconsin and Illinois. Um, there is another place out in Omaha, uh, Little Rosenblatt. I don't know if that's available or not. And then you also threw out uh, maybe somewhere up in Duluth as well. So um, if any teams are interested in doing this, uh, the sooner we get the teams that are interested, the easier it is to plan and get this all sorted out. Yeah, because some of this is going to take some some heavy lifting by a few folks to start contacting places to to work out the uh, the logistics of it. Like, So, I mean, there's always the idea that we could play early wiffles uh, or make a whole day of it and not have to utilize any lights. But at the same time, it would be kind of cool to reach out, say if we do Duluth and reach out to their park and rec spot and say like, okay, what would it take to rent a rink for two days or two evenings? Like even if it's just a full Saturday and then have the lights. So we wouldn't be pressed for time and you know, the sun going down yeah. and all that. Yeah. Uh, that was one that, uh, that was one location that my team, especially like just because of a closer locale, um, only being about two hour drive versus, you know, five or six. But uh, yeah, my team, I, I floated it out to them and pretty much everyone got back to me and said, if we can plan it well enough ahead of time that uh, they'd like to make it happen. So, right. And I, I another location that I kind of thought about was maybe Breezy Point. I think that one might be a little more difficult to find a rink around, but um, okay. I, I'm a big fan of around that area as well. Did I tell you guys, I think I had told you about this. Wiffle Field, that's up at this camp, um, central Minnesota, not all the way up towards the Brainerd Lakes area, uh, but they've got a really nice-looking field that they built at this place called Camp Lebanon. And um, I wonder if that would be a place that we could actually go to. I'll send you the info on it. You said it was Camp 11? Camp Lebanon. Oh, Lebanon, that's that's way different. That's up a little bit uh, north of St. Cloud, not quite to Little Falls. Um, but I've seen pictures of the field. It's really nice looking. 
I mean, it's in Minnesota, it's probably the nicest looking field that I've seen in any location, but whatever team I play on next year, I would have interest in traveling. I don't know what team I'm playing on yet, but, um, Oh, is that is that still the? I mean, you've talked to me about that before. We've chatted about it. Oh, your your idea was kind of to jump around for years just to kind of get a feel for the league more and play with a lot of different guys. Is that still the idea for you, or is it kind of to see where it takes you? I I honestly, I, there's still. I mean, I'd still still be willing to play with other guys depending on what the the league is next year. I think my my bigger drive next year is to try to get as many teams in as possible for the 20th year so whatever that sure. takes um i'm kind of taking that approach um but i don't know I, I think whatever team i play on generally i'm playing on teams with guys that would be as willing as i am to want to travel and go do something like that so i'd be i'd be probably interested in getting a squad to go do that for a weekend or some okay. evening yeah. So anybody have any closing thoughts or shout outs? I'm just going to shout out uh, 25 and 0 aces. Got the week off. Well-deserved this week. Nice job, fellas. All the rest of you hate us. I know. Tough shit. Um, uh, one other shout out, just because I'm not going to have a chance to do this, is uh, we need to promote All-Star Night even more. Um, I want to see as many people as possible there. Uh, like we had last year, it was a really good turnout. Um, again, I was just down there for the Chihuahuas and Millers games. And um, I'm hopeful that, you know, some of the ideas that bounced around that the, the noob star games and the fun star games, all star games will bring out as many people possible from all different groups of teams. And we'll get plenty of spectators and uh, get everybody that's listening or anybody else tell friends, come on out. I mean, you can have drinks and food and watch us play wiffle. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I plan on doing another episode next week um, talking about who the All-Stars are, which also brings up uh, voting ends in two days. So go vote if you haven't. I haven't. This is true. I will. Yeah. I just haven't. I'm kind of like Mippy. I'm going to wait till the last minute. Let these, uh, <laughs> let these last few games uh, kind of determine which path I go. All right. And with that, here's to good whiffle, cold beer, and hopefully good weather. Till next time. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks.